Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys' club, perfect poly, and motherhood, all while living in a glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. And I'm Tara Thomas. We talked about it all last year, about how with COVID and how it shifted our lives overnight, and I hate the cliche, but it's true, it did shift, our, it did changed our lives overnight. We There were many things about it that it forced us to pause, reflect, cancel everything, and just revisit or reconsider why we're doing the things that fill our days that have now, you know, been turned back full throttle since we've resumed some sense of normalcy. And one, the thing that I I have changed a lot about is kid, my kids and sports. And even though I'm back on the hamster wheel and I'm still a part of this grind. Something that really changed for me over COVID, and and I don't, you're not really at this stage yet because your kids are not in high school. But my daughter, being a freshman, I just had to take stock about because this is what a person said to me, and and this made me think deeply and consider some of the choices that she is going to make in the next three years. If you know, okay, that your kid is not going to be able to play college sports at sort of the highest level, which no one can guarantee that that's going to happen. I mean, there are exceptions, kids that have already been, you know, scouted and recruited. But if you do, if you do not know, I should say definitively that your kid is going to be able to play a sport in college, is it worth that much money and time and sacrifice along the way just so they can play on, you know, higher level travel teams and be one of the, you know, more <laughs> dominant kids on their school team. And so here's what changed for me is my daughter wanted up until about a year ago to be a teacher. And then, you know, my parents who are longtime teachers, administrators, they were just like, oh no, you shouldn't go into the field. Isn't that sad? Because educators today will tell you there are so many challenges that it's almost to the point where you discourage young people from going into the field. So I said, hey, that's great. You know, there's tons of great schools like you and I or wherever. Well, then I started seeing in her a shift and she now is interested in sports management and has a dream of working for the NFL and has has been obsessed with football and the Seahawks for life. And so then I said, well, then if you're going to want to go to a school that has opportunities for internships, you almost have to go to a big city where there are pro teams and Iowa has none. So that sort of shifted our direction where it's like, okay, when we go on vacations, we're going to California in June, we're going to visit campuses like UCLA and places in big cities, because that's what I did. I went to college in a big city and I visited campuses during high school. And that's how I sort of was inspired to leave the Midwest and go to a different part of the country. But she may not be that kid because she was homesick when she went with my parents to Paris and we never knew until she got on the plane that that this would happen. So I guess my point is, I just want her to dream big, Amanda. I don't want her to think that, you know, the end game is you're good enough to run track or play basketball at a community college or a small college in Iowa if those colleges don't even have a good course of study for what she wants to do with the rest of her life, because she's not going to play basketball. That's what I want people to understand. And it's, you know, I went to a small school based on, you know, wanting to play basketball. It wasn't anything else. So I didn't go like, but deep in my heart, I wanted to go to a big college. I wanted to go to a party school. I did. I wanted to go to a college that had like a giant football team, a division one football team to tailgate and get that whole experience because I grew up going to Notre Dame games. Now I couldn't, my left foot couldn't have gotten into Notre Dame because it's like getting into an Ivy League school. But this is what I, I, I talk to parents 
I want to tell parents and really listen to me when I'm saying this out there because I am just like you. I have my my 13 year old daughter is a baller. Like when it comes to soccer, she is just she amazes me. Like I'm just, I just burst with pride when she I watch is. her. I mean, she thank you. And she just it's like watching her run track, watching her play basketball, you know, and watching her play volleyball. She's just a natural athlete. I think about her and my other children all the time, and this sounds stupid, but when I'm walking up the stairs, because when I'm walking up the stairs, my knees are literally, it sounds like a turtle chewing on aluminum foil. You can hear my knees, and though that those are basketball knees. Those are basketball knees. So I'm looking down like a few years from now, getting two knees completely redone. For what? For what? You know, like, let's stop putting, what is the end game for all of us? Right. Is it to like, I mean, I have, I know people, I have friends, their kid is in every travel sport imaginable. Every single travel sport. You know, back in the day when you and I were coming up, you didn't have, we had like, some, we had AAU summer ball where we'd have summer league games. That was it. It was, so every season you could play a different sport. It, was, it wasn't that serious, but you had fun doing it. We've taken away the fun. For some reason, we're putting a tremendous amount of pressure on these kids for what? What's the end game? So they can get a scholarship? Because let me tell you something. It's no longer fun when you get to the next level. It's a job. Exactly. And then they're going to miss out. They're going to miss out on all the fun. That's right? that's my fear. I mean, so I'm so glad you said that about the injury or just the feeling of like wear and tear on your knees because, okay, let me tell you, my daughter, here's a great example of how aggressive all of the sports have become i mean girls basketball is like rugby and you have to die for balls and when you go and are a part of these travel clubs aau tournaments do not have the same level of scrutiny with officials in terms of fouls and the calls i mean everything is it's much more now like street ball where it's so aggressive so over the weekend we were at a tournament charlotte was knocked to the ground where I hit her head. I heard her head hit the oh, court. Gosh. And then she accidentally, in fighting for a ball, elbowed a girl and heard a crunch. She knocked the girl's tooth out. And my daughter is 130 pounds and probably has, I mean, I could get it measured to prove this, but she probably has a less than 10% body fat. I mean, it's like she yeah, is tiny, she's, but she's a sure. solid muscle, but she's small compared to a lot of the other girls. But when she accidentally knocked this girl's tooth out, she felt so bad. She went and apologized after the game and said, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. So, I mean, that's the thing about her. And I'm sure Gia is this way too. Like they can have that sort of killer instinct, but at the end of the day, I mean, they're just little girls and they feel bad because they don't want to hurt people's feelings or physically hurt somebody. And so I just thought to myself, like, why are we, why am I letting her get beat up on the weekends to the point where she has so many bruises on her knees and elbows that her track teammates have said, what happened to you? Like, why are you so beat up? And then she had to say, Oh, well, because I was playing travel, ba I was playing basketball on the weekend and it's, she's just bruised from head to toe. So a big shift in my life happened because of COVID in part where I realized like, why am I supporting her doing three varsity sports as a freshman and trying to keep that grind going when she's also taking advanced classes, like I wouldn't have been able to maintain or keep that up. So I just told her, I said, you need to really decide, maybe you don't want to do three sports because it's not worth it. Her body, it cross country 
took such a toll on her body last year. And then she was also doing Mm. basketball at the same time. And your body shifts. When you run cross country, you get really skinny. And then you need the muscle and the meat on your bones to play basketball. So she was doing two sports at the same time that had like opposing physical needs. And so we've just decided she shouldn't do cross country if it's going to be that detrimental to her physical and emotional health. And then she loves the sport, but then it's like, well, I don't want to do cross country in college. Well, then you don't need to do cross country for four years in high school. So I'm glad that we sort of put that out there because I really feel as much as we tell our kids, have fun, have fun. They feel pressured that they have to live up to our expectations and keep the grind going. And, and like you said, at what cost, because not only did we not have to do that, but they're not going to do all those, those sports in college. And if they do even one, they're going to have to make so many sacrifices. Are they even going to have fun? Right. I don't know. I was telling like, no, they're not. And it's kind of like, you know, Gia has her, her big thing. We, you know, at 13, she's talking about what she wants to do for the rest of her life. And, uh, she wants to be like an architect. And so I said to her, I was like, you need to focus on, you know, find a school that's great in that and worry about that. Like it's play soccer for fun, you know, play basketball for fun. And it's just God, but parents, it's like, for me, a lot of the things I see these overbearing parents, it's like they didn't do it. So now they have to live vicariously through their child. Like I was sitting, I posted the other day on my, my personal Facebook page. Like if your kid knows how to tie his or her shoes then that means you know, as a parent, you need to stay away from practice. There is no reason people are bringing freaking lawn chairs to practice when your kid is like, you know, old enough to be there by itself. They're, you're distracting your child. The coaches don't like it because they know that you're there watching them. You're watching what the coach is doing or not doing. I mean, my dad coached basketball for 25 years. That man locked the gym door, the outside gym doors. So the parents literally, they could either stand outside the gym doors and there were like three layers of doors. So you couldn't even see what was going on in the court. And that was his rule. My coaches, parents were never allowed in the gym. And that was an understanding. So the thing that concerns me though, Tara, it's our generation who changed, Who's doing this, oh, right? Of course. But you know so why. We were the ones raised. Why? Yeah. Part of it is because we are guilty of putting so much bubble wrap around our kids that God forbid an adult coach yells at them or you know looks at them cross-eyed and then we're going to want the coach fired, replaced, or if our kid doesn't, you know, isn't starting and we think they're a star because we're sunblind, then we're mad and want to complain. I mean, Coaching today is is not fun because your dad doing it. My husband did it for years and it's just the parents have ruined it for everybody. And I loved when you posted that because you are 100% correct. If you can't drop your kid off when he or she is of an age where they don't need you hovering over, don't have your kid be in a sport because part of being in a sport is learning how to work as a team and take direction from other adults. And I, and frankly, I've said it before, and, and, I, and I don't think he even likes it when I say this, but my daughter's high school basketball coach, I mean, I call him old school, and he s- says, you know, I'm not old school because in his mind, you know, people don't want to feel like things that they're doing are somewhat are outdated. I don't, I'm not in, at all indicting that. I'm saying, like, I want that. I want Charlotte to be fearful of not living up to the coach's expectations in some respects yes. because that's called real life. You get out of high school, you go on to, you know, higher, higher ed or or trade schools or whatever you pursue. 
you better have some self-regulation and that discipline Mm -hmm. can be learned from a parent. But when we're coddling and spoiling our kids the way that, let's be honest, most of us are, I mean, me fighting with Charlotte last night because she needed to go to bed at a decent time because she has a big track meet today. And then it's like, she's practically in tears at the thought that I would take away her phone because watching TikToks helps with her helps her go to sleep. I mean, it's just crazy how we've been. And my husband is just like, what in the world? So I just think we need other adults. We need Amanda Goodman's dad when he was a coach. We need my daughter's basketball coach. Those are the adults that are helping us to quote Hillary Clinton. You know, it takes the village. Like I need other adults in the village to help my kids realize that life is not fair. And and it's it's no. not like you are not going to walk into the world and get cheers and ribbons and stupid, you know. Just for showing up. Yeah. Just for showing up. And trophies and rings. Yeah. I mean, my son, they pay to be in these baseball tournaments that are like five and $600. And then everybody gets a big ring. Like it's the Super Bowl for Battle of the Borders. And you just got crushed by a team from Omaha and your pitching sucked, but you got a big ring. Because right? <laughs> you paid for, because you paid for the blue. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. This is the thing. So we have the the guy who runs our soccer program. He is um, he's a younger guy. He's he's he reminds me of an old school coach, right? So he came up to me and Gia was playing timid, and you know this team she was playing, they were banging him up. And so I yell on the sidelines. I'm always like, "Hammer up!" And that is like Philadelphia talk for you know f her up. But I just can't really yell f her up <laughs> on the sidelines. But Gia knows what it means. So. But he, the coach comes over to me. He's, he uh, he was like, you know, what were you t- telling Gia? So I told him what it means. I go, you just need to look at her and let her know. So he looks at her and he was like, I want you, I want them to hate playing you, Gia. Make, I mean, he just got in her face, right? He knows he can do that with my kid. Mm-hmm. And I ask him to do it with my son too. If, you know, like work him hard, work him hard. He has like the free pass. I'm like, I'm out. You're the coach. And he is like, you don't understand how refreshing that is because nobody else does that. Because I see parents like saying, why were you yelling at my kid during the game? Well, maybe because Susie wasn't moving her ass across the field. You know, I mean, she wasn't doing it. And that's the problem. For some reason, parents want to coddle, which I don't get it. I don't know whether these parents are mad because when we were kids, we had the old school coaches and the old school teachers that didn't take it. But for me, I'm opposite. Like, I want it the same way because I know what it did for me. Oh, I know what yeah, it did for me. Agreed. And but here's the difference with our generation versus what our expectations are for our children. Back when when okay, when I was in high school, and I've been very clear about this, like my daughter is is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like Gia, they just have natural athletic gifts. I I've always been coordinated, but the only thing I had going for me in volleyball was being tall because after that initial like starting lineup or when they first saw that, oh, this girl's tall. Because back then, I mean, back in my day, being 5'11", I would, <laughs> there were not a lot of people, a lot of girls 5'11 and, and taller. Now, 5'11 is short compared to some of the girls my daughter plays basketball with because they're all insane. Like, over six feet. That's insane. So for me, yeah. I mean, that was the only time that I was even slightly intimidating. Then once they saw that I could not spike hard, that I could, I, it was like <laughs> white girl can't jump. I mean, they were like, she sucks. So I never had the privilege of being considered like good enough to, to have a coach 
really yell or put a lot of pressure on me because I just wasn't putting forth the effort to get better anyway. And, and my dad, I remember years ago, like he took me to a girls basketball game and I can distinctly remember this being young and watching it and just thinking like, this is so boring. Like I had no interest. <laughs> I was not at all interested in basketball. And so when it comes to our kids today, we have as parents, we have morphed into these people who think that just participating isn't good enough. Okay. Back when right. I was in high school, like everyone was trying out for all the different sports and every friend of mine ran, you know, did a sport and many of them were just mediocre. And, but we stuck with the sport. We went to the practices. In my case, I was right. on volleyball all four years. Why did we do that? Not because at the end of the day, like, oh, it's not worth it unless I'm a star or if I'm not starting, I'm going to quit. We did it because of what you said, like part of like, it was a life lesson and it was part of the social fabric of our high school experience. And I was not, I, my, my energy was poured into the arts and I was the, I was on the speech team, debate team. I was the editor of the school paper. So, I mean, I was doing all of those things and I still felt it was important enough to be on a sport, even though I wasn't a star athlete. And so it's just so sad because what I hear today is there are so many people, if their child isn't going to start or potentially get all the attention, yeah. then they tell them to quit. Yeah, it drives me. This is what I want parents to understand. And I'm saying this as a former athlete, a former coach, a parent, okay? I live in a town where it's a small town. It's great. It's a great community because your kid can play literally every sport. And most kids play every single sport because you can play, right? Accept your kid for who they are right? Don't try to turn them into who you were or who you wanted to be as a kid. Don't do like I have, I have three daughters. I have one son. My, I'm used to growing up with my brother. My brother played like your standard sports. He played baseball. He played basketball. He played football. He was very good in all of those. My son loves playing soccer. That's his thing. He's, he's getting better at basketball. He wants that to be his thing. So he's out in the backyard. He's not playing baseball this year. I said, do you want to play baseball? He said, no. I said, okay. I left at that. So he's out in the backyard last night. He's hitting the ball and Gia goes outside. My husband goes outside and they're like, Nico, you look really good hitting the ball. And my dad, my husband said, you know, why don't you want to play? And he said, cause it's, he's like, it's fun in the backyard. It's not fun when I go up there. That's it. That's where it needs to end. No pressure, nothing. He, that kid was outside probably until like 930 last night until like it officially got dark, just playing, hitting the ball by himself. He was having a blast. And that is fine. He's not going to be this, like my brother was a phenomenal baseball player. He's not my brother, right? I played softball. I was a decent softball player. My sister was an awesome softball player. My son is, he's not them. He's him. So just stop pushing your kid. I don't know why people are doing it. It's because you want to, you know, you want to brag. I'm all for bragging for your kids, but let's not try to force our kids into something that they don't want to be. Oh, 100%. I mean, and I will I will end with this story. Yesterday, Charlotte said to me that at school, one of her friends, who's a really good hockey player and a good baseball player and has been invited to camps in those sports as a freshman, he said something to Charlotte about, you know, I'd really want to, I really want to play at, you know, such and such sport and at such and such college. And he's already had some interest from some Iowa colleges, like community colleges. And and Charlotte just said, yeah, she said, you know, I, I, that's really not important to me. And he said, what are you talking about? He's like, why are you doing 
your whole life is sports. He's like, you don't, you're not doing this because you want to play sports in college. And she said, no, she said, honestly, she said, that's not my priority because I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to a college and play a sport where they have, you know, the program that I want or where I, where I want to go. And so, I mean, I was so happy that she shared that with me because, but it was interesting coming from another peer whose parents and family and life is so revolved around sports and has sacrificed so much. Like that's what has been maybe subconsciously drilled into their head that like, this is why we're doing it because we are hoping it lands you the golden ticket of a college scholarship. But a lot of people don't even realize, I mean, there are so many more academic scholarships available. I was just talking to a friend whose daughter applied to some East coast schools. And because she's so academically strong, she got like a $60,000 scholarship to go to a private college. So now they're going to be able to afford to send her to a college like that when some of the state schools in Illinois would have been financially out of their reach. So, I mean, you just can't sell yourself short and think if my kid doesn't land that's that athletic scholarship, like it's just not going to happen. They're going to, it's not going to work out. No, like you could get that huge break for your kid through the route of academics. And that's the one thing, like there are so many athletes who are gifted, but they don't have the academics to back it up. And coaches won't give you a second look. No, you know, I like the fact that my son, if you ask him, what's he want to do in his, you know, I remember asking my brother, what do you want to do when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a, you know, professional baseball player. You ask my son, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to cure cancer. The kid's been saying it since five and I believe him. I believe, and I believe him. And that's what I'm going to push him for. Like, I'm not going to say you're not a good kid or you're a failure because you don't play like everybody else plays or you don't want to be like, you do you, be you for you. That's it. Like, I'm, trust me, you don't want these knees, y'all. You don't want these knees. (laughs) They are awful. (laughs) And good news, I have no volleyball injuries because I barely tried. So. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. Y'all make it a great week.